All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to episode six of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Brock Segan, and with me, of course, are my two co-hosts, Michael Beebs Bondi. <laughs> I came back again. What's up? <laughs> and Dylan D. How's it going, Brock? Not bad. Busy day in the NHL. Um, I mean... Busy week. Yeah, well, crazy. And uh, I was pretty upset Depressing. the last couple days... Um, obviously, the biggest news in the NHL right now is the injury to Connor McDavid, yeah. which yep. is terrible. I've actually got McDavid in every single one of my <laughs> leagues. And, yeah, uh, one I think of my the bu- people probably could have guessed that by your number 10 overall pre-draft ranking. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, I was with one of my buddies the other night, and I was just talking about how pumped up I was that I had McDavid in all my keeper leagues, and then like a day later, he's just out for like three months or whatever. But what? Tim- that long. Well, it's like at least two. Six weeks, likely. right? No. Six is like the earliest, so I, I yeah, don't see but like, that happening. Patrick, I'm optimistic. Guy. Patrick Kane came back in seven weeks last year, and it was, and that like was like crazy. a medical miracle. So I, I thought they said probably, six to eight. Am I hearing that wrong? Uh, I haven't seen any updates other than months. But okay. yeah, I know. Never mind. I know. Like before the injury happened, um, like I was actually at hockey at the time of the injury, and before it was happening, it was like dressing room talking. I was like talking to a guy about like, oh, it's so sweet how McDavid's like actually turning out and how things are kind of yeah. happening the way they should, and like it's great for Edmonton. Like the fans are loving it, everyone's loving it. Edmonton's actually getting a ton of like viewership too, because like Leafs fans are kind of going there. And then I got off the rink, and it's like for getting the dressing room, it's just like, uh, hey guys, uh, McDavid's really injured. So, yeah, no, yep. didn't like it. 
Yeah, it was brutal. I was watching uh, the Wings just finished beating the Lightning, so I was all fired up. And then I switched over to the Oilers game and probably five minutes into watching it, he just goes flying into the end boards. And I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, you knew like right away. It's Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it was I, an I, ugly I t- one. <laughs> it was so dumb. I tweeted out. I'm like, I don't want to speculate, but like that looks like a, a separated shoulder. And then somebody's like, you just speculated. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I did. But I was just fre- well, I was just freaking out because like, I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like, because to make matters worse, I lost Le'Veon Bell, who I had in all my fantasy football leagues. So I lost Le'Veon in all my football leagues. And then two days later, I lose McDavid in all my hockey leagues. So I was like, what the, like, what yeah. the hell is this? Like, the theme in fantasy tough week for right now is yeah. just like superstars going down, eh? Even like yeah. hockey, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of big names that have really gone down early on, like uh, Carey Price even going down, Duncan Keith. Like these are like big guys. These are guys that people were drafting in the first, second round and stuff. The good news is. It's not like a musher, yeah. a mu- sorry, a muscle structural damage to McDavid, right? Like broken bones suck, but they don't usually have a lingering effect that some sprains or strain. Like if he separated his shoulder, that's something that can come back, uh, reoccur to a guy a lot, right? So, I mean, I guess there's some good side to it. Yeah, I was wrong. doing some research kind of on it, and like the clavicle is like the most commonly broken bone in like the yeah. in like the human body, and like it's the one one of those injuries that like. Once, like, as long as it heals properly, it's not like a reoccurring injury where if you like, like you said, if you do something to your shoulder, it could pop out here every, every time you get hit or whatever, or if it's like yeah. a knee thing. I mean, every, leg. every Joe Blow, Joe Blow who plays beer league softball knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. Like it comes back every summer, right? So yeah, it's, I guess that's a good thing. If you want to look at it that way for McDavid is the fact that it wasn't a muscle. We're talking bones here. So He's still young. It shouldn't be anything that's really going to stunt his progress once he comes back, hopefully anyway. He's really seen to just be coming on his own. It's quite the depressing injury. Yeah, the one thing, too, when you look at the injury, it's like you're almost happy that it wasn't a concussion because like, it really easily could have been something to do with a concussion, how hard he hit the boards. And, I mean, who knows? He, he could have you know sustained some type of head injury as well. They're not releasing, but... It was like, that was a violent collision. And I was getting, like, it was kind yeah. of sad, too, because, like, the next day, like, all the Oilers fans and, like, all these people were just taking it out on, on like, Brandon Manning. It's like a guy who's got, like, 20 career games in the NHL. Like, just, <laughs> just he's, like, doing his best just to, like, stay in the show. And then, like, he just happened to be in the wrong spot yeah, at the like, wrong time. And just took not <laughs> doing no, he didn't, he didn't do all. anything wrong at all. No. Like, it was just, a, it, like, caught an edge, and it was just kind of something that happens in hockey. No, like, that was a hockey <laughs> play, 180%. He couldn't have been skating any faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to happen when you're that quick. Hockey's a dangerous game, yeah. Look at Taylor Hall, the guy, like, uh, I mean, he's, he's flying always, and, and that's how his injuries are kind of started to happen now because they're telling him to kind of slow down. Like, same idea. McDavid might have to do that, but no. You don't slow McDavid down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was crazy, actually, though. I think it was Leafs Lunch I was listening to, and they were kind of talking about that. Like, a, a veteran player, like, a couple years in the league, like, might have played at that pace when he was a kid. Yeah. And, as you get older and become a more veteran player, you kind of know how to slow your game down and be just as effective type maybe, of thing. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Ovechkin's a decent example of that. He doesn't play as recklessly as he used to. Hall probably, yeah, I guess you could probably say that with Hall too. Because it's not just like the overall speed, but it's like how hard Hall used yeah, to go when in he came certain to the situations. Like he was throwing yeah. his body around as much as anyone. Uh, I know that's something Kadri's had to deal with the last couple of years in Toronto too. Uh, the coaches have really tried to get him to hold back on his physical game. So it can be tough for these skilled guys to hold back when it's kind of their instincts to go all out. Yeah, and McDavid too right now. Like he's trying to prove everyone right kind of thing. So he's he's giving her it all, and I love it, but it just sucks when it turns into injuries. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, 
seven weeks, I think, is kind of like what we're looking at, I, I would say, based off of what happened with Patrick Kane last year. But you also have to look at it, too. Like, I know a lot of people are freaking out, saying, like, well, once you take, you know, get a serious injury like this, like, it's hard to come back and, and be yourself because you're worried about re-injuring it. But, like, you got to look at Kane last year, came back into the playoffs and just yeah, tore and up, he looked right? Great. Yeah, yeah, I don't imagine. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. The Oilers aren't going to rush McDavid back from this injury. He's not going to be playing before his 120%. So I don't really see that being too much of an issue. Yeah. I saw the other day, this is the third November in a row that McDavid's been like missed a game due to injury in his career. So I guess, I guess November is just this thing. Just, uh, it's a tough uh, rep to be tying to a 18 year old kid. No. Yeah, I know. But looking right now, I mean, no, it's not good, but, uh, he'll be back. Did you guys see, uh, I don't know if you guys caught any of like the Pete Chiarelli press conference like the day after the injury, but, uh, one of the reporters like legit was just like, so like, do you believe in curses? Like, is this team just curse? And then Chiarelli kind of just like laughed, like just laughed about it. Didn't really know what to say. Cause it was like pretty just ridiculous question. Yeah. And then like everybody on Twitter just started flipping out. It's like, are you kidding me? Like this team gets the first round, like first overall pick every single year. Like there's no way that they're cursed. Like give me a break. Yeah, if anything, and then the everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And everybody else was just like, oh yeah, like next year we're going to have a line of uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, <laughs> Taylor Hall. <laughs> Cause now they just think they're going to suck without McDavid, which he is their best player, but he'll be back. And yeah, they've got, they've got a know, lot dude. of Hall's. I think Hall's been their best player so far. He's been outrageously good yeah. too. Oh, I just think really like, good. I think, like, McDavid is almost even settling into, like, like I, I heard Hall say it. He was almost kind of already settling into, like, a leadership role at 18. So I think he's, like, kind of, like, an important, like, locker room guy even at such a young age. Yeah, but um, with everyone focusing on McDavid, there's been other guys who have kind of, like, really stepped up their game even. Like, McDavid is obviously playing great, but, like, look at Yakupov. Like, he looks like a totally different player. Like, guys like that. Dry Settle, I mean, everyone's favorite player of the week, mine included. Like, those guys just look great compared to last year. They look yeah. That's a problem, right? Like they, this is such a bad time for the injury. Like they're just about it's terrible. To, yeah, they're just about to get Eberle back and finally see what they've got with this team. And then they just seemed to like the, like they were finally turning a corner there. And then like I know uh, Shirelli said in his press conference, he's like, "We won last night, but it feels like we lost." Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a big, that's, that's a big hit. Between like the McDavid line and the Hall line, like you really got the sense that they had two like solid, solid lines, right? That hasn't been a thing at Edmonton forever like to be able to go past the first line for point production on this team hasn't happened and it's really unfortunate timing for sure because and through the whole lineup into flux like uh, I think you're going to talk about Brock with this the changes they uh they're implementing now to try to cover for McDavid's loss yeah I was actually pretty surprised um because like they they released their lines today in practice and I thought for sure at least for like the first couple of games because Everly's going to be back. I thought for sure that they were going to keep the Jay Sadel uh, Hall line yeah, that together. Line's just with, been with killing two. it. Oh, they've been dominating, but then they decided to move uh, Jay Sadel back to center, and he's going to be with, with Everly and Hall still. But then Nugent Hopkins moves down uh, with Pouliot and Yakupov, where McDavid was playing. So um, it's kind of an interesting... I thought they were definitely going to keep that line together, but I mean, they. I guess they decided not to. But before we really, really dive into this, because we've got a huge show ahead of us, lots to cover, I just want to know, Biebs, uh who are you wearing to the show today? Um, I'm finally rocking it. Um, from where we film, it, it's, it's a hometown uh, rep there. Um, it's the Adam Henrique uh, New Jersey Devils away jersey or no home jersey sorry my bad um and it i won't lie like i've never really been a fan of the devil's jersey but this is just like a slick smooth jersey and and when you have it on it's a lot better than it looks on tv i won't lie 
Uh, he's been off to a nice start too. I really, I mean, yeah, I've always from... kind of liked the way he played. He just, he's, he's, he's an overall great player. He's one of those guys who, who how he actually plays isn't going to show up in fantasy um, as much, but he's a great player. He's yeah, like that team's. I can't believe how much that team's winning right now. Like every every night, like the wings kind of went on a skid there, and then I look and New Jersey keeps winning. I'm like, how is New Jersey winning with this lineup? And Detroit's like can't buy a win. It's right awesome. Now. It's, They're like the misfits. It's great. It, I mean, Schneider's a great goalie, but my God, that like when I every day when I edit those lines, I'm like, what is this? It's horrible. <laughs> Probably like last year when you're putting Scott Gomez on the first line. Like, no, no, I'm I'm reading something wrong. Yeah, and then that was crazy too. The other day uh, when Gomez, I think he was like the third line center in St. Louis because uh, they had a couple injuries. I think Back- Backus was playing with like Steve Odd and like the third line. <laughs> Gomez was centering the second line. I'm like. Like they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now, but I was just like, wow! Oh, it was when Tarasenko was out. Yep. I'm like, this this lineup looks so bad right now without Tarasenko, Stastny, or Schwartz. I'm like, it's looking pretty greasy. It was like some some serious like they had Scotty Upshaw and Scott Gomez yeah. in there. It was looking kind of <laughs> it was looking kind of New Jersey Devil like, and they still but, did pretty well. Yeah, they did. I think they won. So yeah. whatever that that'll that'll happen. There that game last night. They eh, with that comeback. That was uh, oh wow that gave up five goals in the five first two, period yeah yeah I was, was, was saying I was watching the highlights and it's like oh five two in the first like like against Chicago like come on it's over you're done yeah I was thinking it was gonna be like a ten goal game it was like all right Elliot and Allen are just gonna they're just gonna give up a whole bunch tonight but then they go went on to win yeah this, the uh, I think is Jeremy Rutherford one of the um, beat reporters in St Louis tweeted something out today and that was the eleventh time in NHL history that a team has come back and won a game after giving up five goals in the first period. And I was actually kind of blown away by the number 11 there. I thought that would be uh, a way yeah. lower number. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, it's even it's even rare to, like, to see a team give up five goals in the first period. Like, so to have 11, like, having 11 times of teams to, uh, to come back and, and win is pretty impressive. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, like, I mean, it kind of, I, I kind of want to hear the speech in the dressing room there between the second, or between the first and second period, because whatever was said was, uh, kind of worked, because they scored four goals after that and went on to win, so. Yep, that's, uh, that's impressive. Yep. I mean, Hitchcock got the boys going, and he got them fired up, I guess. Sure. But, uh, okay, so we're going to just dive back into the Oilers um, real quick, kind of just get back to the McDavid injury. Um, before we do that, though, I just want to give a shout-out to Bill Burr, one of my favorite comedians. He gave us a hell of a shout-out on his podcast last week. And What's up, ev- Everybody was freaking out. They're like, oh, my God. And it's a podcast that I listen to uh, pretty frequently, <laughs> yeah. but like I don't listen to it every single week. And then I got a text. It's like, oh, my God, Bill Burr just like flipped out for like three minutes about how awesome your website is on uh, his podcast. And... I was like, that's ah, pretty cool. So <laughs> if you guys uh, if you guys get a chance, be sure to check out the Bill Burr Monday Morning Podcast. It's hilarious, and uh, he loves the he yeah, loves the site. Hopefully the one, yeah, hopefully one day he becomes a fan of the show as well. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. But uh, let's get back into this McDavid thing. Um, obviously, we've kind of addressed how much it just is terrible for not just the Oilers and not just his fantasy owners, but how much it kind of just sucks for the NHL as well. I know a lot yeah. of a lot of teams have already sold tickets um, to the game where Edmonton would be coming to their to their hometown just to see a player of Mc, uh, McDavid's caliber. So to lose a player like that obviously sucks, but again, like we said, at least it, it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, the one thing is it's really going to affect Yakupov. At least yeah. we think it will affect Yakupov. He was uh, off to like, the best start of his career. He's been kind of in the doghouse for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really affected. For sure. It's, yeah. 
and it's really affected him in a in a positive way. But now he loses um, McDavid down the middle, and now he's going to play with uh, RNH. And I know D, you said you had a couple numbers based on kind of how Yakupov has played with RNH uh, in in their brief past. Yeah. Um... So it's not the biggest sample size, but it's definitely one worth noting. So we're going off these stats called with or without use. And what they do is they show, uh, kind of, it shows how the idea is to show how two teammates or line mates perform with each other and away from each other to kind of give you the sense how certain players help each other on the ice and how, cause it's always been assumed, obviously that, you know, the best players like Sidney Crosby makes players around him better. Right. So that should show up in the numbers when you compare, Chris Kunitz playing with Crosby and when he's not playing with Crosby. It's really sure. a great statistic. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, it's one that should have been out for, for a couple yeah. of years before. So the site I'm using to look all this up is uh, hockeyanalysis.com. It's run by a guy named David Johnson. And to my knowledge, it's the only uh, really public uh, open domain for the use of wowies, what we call them, with or without use. Wowie. So I was using it to look at um, a couple of things I wanted to look at. Uh, we're talking about Yakupov now and the way they got the line shaken up. They've bumped RNH down to the second line between uh, Pouliot and Yakupov, who obviously have done well together. Pouliot and Yakupov, that is, playing with McDavid. So we're trying to get a sense of how um, Yakupov might do with RNH. And if we look at how they've done together in the past since uh, 2013, I think, was Nail's rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, it's a bit of a small sample size. It's only 360 minutes. Um, which is probably anywhere between 15 and 20 games. Still worth, still worth noting, though. 20 Definitely games worth is noting because when you look at the numbers, still big um, enough, yeah. they've got a goals for generated of 25% when they're on the ice together. So you can kind of figure out what that means. It means when they've been on the ice together in the past, only 25% of the goals on the ice were for Edmonton. So it's a 3 to 1 ratio right there. So which not is a lot of success ideal. there if we look a little deeper into maybe more underlying possession numbers an ugly Corsi rating of 39.4 percent so that's oh god 40 percent of the shot attempts generated for the uh, only for the oilers when they've played together so far so i guess what to take away from this is they haven't played they haven't done all that well together in the past but um like we said, Yakupov's kind of it's going to be interesting to see because rnh has definitely come a long way the past couple of years almost to the point now where he looks like he could potentially be a number one or two center for that team moving forward. I think him and McDavid when he's healthy are a nice one-two punch. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so I think definitely I wouldn't drop Yak- – like I wouldn't straight up give up on Yakupov at this point. No, but no, if no. But things are starting to go south, I wouldn't be surprised to see those lines get shaken up rather quickly because, as we said, they haven't had a lot of success together in the past. In non-keeper but, leagues, for sure. Yeah, the, yeah, the one thing I want to say is uh, – just poor nail though, because one thing I realized when uh, researching these stats is how terrible of line mates Yakubovs has played with. To give you guys a, an example or an idea, anyway, because you're thinking of the top tier talent at Edmonton over the last few years, right? We're talking RNH, uh, Taylor Hall, Jordan Emberly, obviously now McDavid. His three most common line mates, or for forwards anyway, since he's been in the in the NHL, are Derek Roy, <laughs> Teddy Which, Purcell. You know, in, in all in all fairness, though. Um, when they did bring in Derek Roy last year, he really yeah. helped Yakupov. Yeah, he did. In, in a way. So it's almost you got to think that maybe he he took some notes uh, Sure, from, but from all I, I'm just using this to illustrate how Yakupov hasn't been giving that much of a chance at yeah. all in Edmonton. He still was waiver wire um, Derek Roy. 
Derek Roy, Teddy Purcell, Sam Gagne. Those are his top three forward line mates. His top two line mates overall are Justin Schultz and Andrew Ference. So you can kind of maybe get an idea. Andrew? <laughs> Our boy. So, I mean, no offense to either of those guys, but Ferentz can't crack the lineup right now, and Schultz is known to be a terrible possession defenseman. So you can kind of get a sense where Yakupov's had a hard time so far in the league. And it was really seeming to turn around for him. They finally gave him a chance to play with some top-tier talent in McDavid, and now that's gone. But he played well enough to at least stay in the top six for now. So a, a lot of question marks in Edmonton right now, for sure. Well, the one thing, and like I, I know what you were saying uh, about like the whole Derek Roy thing. The, the only thing I would like, I'm not saying Derek Roy was, uh, you know, a tremendous talent th- at this age. I'm just saying that he did kind of help him. But I know what you're saying. And that is kind of alarming to think that you know he hasn't really played with anybody. And what was he like? I think he had 10 points in 11 games playing with McDavid. So obviously uh, Connor yeah. is bringing out the best in him. Um, the one thing they basically obviously are just hoping that this kind of Nugent Hopkins Yakubov thing that hasn't worked out for what you said. 20 games probably 15 to 20 it's at about 360 so, minutes so okay so roughly 20 games or whatever so it hasn't worked out in the past but there was i just don't think that there was any way that they could have like they weren't going to put him with anybody else because like they, were not, they weren't going to put him in and trace it all together and like i i know jason greg no i yeah i think that i i definitely do think this was the best call obviously yeah. it put them in a really tough spot you don't want to break up rnh and hall with how well they've been doing mm-hmm um, I, you give Dry Settle that chance at moving to the middle. Who knows how well he? Like obviously he's been doing really well. His first was it three games? I think seven points, three games. Yeah. But that's been on the wing, right? So now he's got to move into the center. The, but the one thing too, when they drafted him, it was like their big point about when they drafted him was they wanted to get a big guy down the yeah. middle. So he's he is a center by trade, and yeah, hopefully and they, it, and it works out for them the next year. So. Ex- yeah, exactly. Then there's like, well, we don't even things need. change. Yeah, yeah. but. Like, they want, obviously, Yakupov and, and Dre Sadel to kind of mature on separate lines with, you know, um, older players around them. Yeah. Um, the one thing is, like, when you look at how good um, McDavid, Pouliot, and Yakupov played, uh, Nugent Hopkins is, is a fairly comparable player, I would say, to, to McDavid and kind of the way they play. Obviously, he doesn't have, like, the, the elite, elite speed like McDavid does, but... He, he, he's a guy that can just slide in there, and I don't think that Yakupov and uh, and Pouliot are really going to have to change the way they play too much. So hopefully it works out, because I, you know what, I really like this Edmonton team, and I want them to do good. I know all the yeah, boys... Yeah, I think from, everyone does. Like yeah. I, yeah, and all the boys from Oilers Nation, like, I feel so bad for them. Like, <laughs> it was, some of the tweets that they were throwing out when McDavid got hurt were just the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, I was crying laughing that night I, but like i was also crying crying because because <laughs> three of your team's ir spots just uh got filled yeah so my uh yeah my fantasy luck this week has just been dreadful yeah. but oh well um so obviously i think we all would say that we expect like i mean okay seven points in in three games is is obviously not sustainable but i think I mean, watching Dre Seidel, he's been phenomenal yeah and i would expect that kind of to uh he's to definitely like centering that top line now he's definitely got a tougher task ahead of him but i don't think any player benefits more from a fantasy perspective from the injury than dry oh no yeah he is uh i think everyone i think honestly i think every other player loses on the edmonton like hall not playing with rnh hurts him rnh moving down hurts him yakupov and pouliot losing uh mcdavid mcdavid sorry uh hurts them but i i, I think dry moving into that number one pivot spot uh right next to taylor hall has like the opportunity to continue this production 
that we've seen from. Yeah, obviously not. I, I totally, I game, totally but. agree, one hundred percent. And like the lot, like since he's gotten called up, I've played uh, him and Hall and DraftKings every single night mm-hmm. together. So I've yeah. been, I've been watching it nonstop, and he's mm-hmm. looked great. Like he, he's not going anywhere. He, I know we talked about it on the last show about Darnell Nurse. Like he's here to stay, and Dry Tittle is in the exact same boat. Now that they're here, they're not going anywhere. Like as long as he doesn't play himself out of the NHL, he's here to stay. Um, and I think the one thing too, like everyone's freaking out about this McDavid injury, and rightfully so. But I don't think this team will fall off that that much because, like, we got to remember how good Jordan Eberle is. Like, I think yeah, everybody big is guy, really too. overlooking how big of a return this is. Like, I mean, McDavid's injury couldn't be couldn't have come at a worse time, but Eberle's return could have come, come at a better, better time. time. Yeah. So sure. I think uh, I think Eberle's going to come in and and get off to a nice start, and hopefully this team just keeps rolling. I think that they have a chance. Because um, there's a lot of teams, like, in the West. Like, there's a lot of really, really high-class teams in the West. But then, like, the, like, seventh to the bottom of the Western Conference is kind of just, like, a... Up in just, the air. Yeah, like, and as long as the Oilers can continue to win um, while McDavid's out, and if they can be sitting in a playoff spot by the time he returns, getting him back is going to be huge. It's going to be, like, a, a huge um, trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, and pull a Calgary. They could really still be a playoff team. Yep. I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, they're 100% a playoff team, but if you look at, like, um, Arizona, they're better than Arizona. Uh, they appear like they're better than Calgary. They, it looks like they're better than um, um, Arizona. San Jose is just really taking a nosedive in the last couple of weeks. Like, the bottom of that, sure, yeah. like, the central division is a, is just unbelievable. They're better than the Avalanche, sorry, Beebs. Yeah, no, it's so, okay. So, like, <laughs> I think the top, the, like, the central division, the top six in the central are, like, locked in for a playoff spot. And then you figure that uh, LA is probably locked into a playoff spot as well. But then that eighth spot is just kind of just a toss-up between, like, Vancouver, grabs, yeah. Edmonton, San Jose, I would say. And Anaheim, obviously, who knows what they're going to do. But I mean, Anaheim can, was our cup pick, dude. Like, I yeah, still yeah, expect Anaheim I, they, to turn they have to. It's so funny. Point. It's hilarious because we were just like, oh, yeah, like that Anaheim, that's a, that's a safe yeah, pick. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a safe pick. Yeah, pick. yeah no. cup pick. No. Now they're three and <laughs> no freaking seven. No such thing, dude. Not in the but, show. All right, we got to move along here. That's enough about the Oilers. Yeah, I think God. we could probably uh, put this first 20, what is it, 25, 24 minutes on Oilers Nation because, like, hey, we're just a basically an Oilers Nation uh podcast at this point but let's jump in we're gonna try this uh we we said that um you know kind of like the hall dreisaitl um nugent hopkins line and then also the mcdavid line were kind of almost like two of the best lines in the nhl um going last week i mean hall's on absolute fire but let's take a look at a couple other lines um in the nhl and like right now there's a bunch of just like top lines that are firing on all cylinders so i just want to kind of look at a couple lines and have you guys pick which ones you think are the best lines in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. So, I think... Okay. I guess I shouldn't say which is the best line in the NHL because I think that one's pretty obvious yeah. at this point. That the that the Seekin-Ben connection is just filthy. Um, it Seek seems like they're able... No one can deny good. that. The top of the league standing... Or top of the scoring can't deny that. No, yeah. yeah. They each have 20 points in 13 games. Like, it's pretty incredible. Um, I know I stacked them in DraftKings a couple times this week and... It didn't work out like terribly against the Leafs, even though they lost. But um, then they just went into Buffalo, or sorry, Boston the next night, and Segan. Like somebody asked me right in the morning, like, "Hey, like I know you stacked uh, Segan and Ben last night. Would you do it again tonight?" And I was like, "Yeah, 
hundred <laughs> percent. Like Segan's gonna they're gonna go in pissed off that they just lost to the Leafs. And then Segan's going back to Boston where he hasn't actually had like any success prior to this week, and then he scores a Hattie. Like he literally dominated that game. But anyways, yeah. so that's Pretty I think sweet. we can all agree that's the best line in the league. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, them and whoever, right? I mean, they had Spezza back up there. Yeah, Spezza week. or Sharp, and like does it, and then like even when and those when are Patrick both Eves too, is, like yeah, all star guys, yeah. And when Patrick Eves is healthy, healthy, sorry, he usually plays there as well, and he's just like whatever. Sure. But he <laughs> hey, <laughs> he gets he gets he has fantasy value at least in 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 like a one night league when he plays with them. Yeah, because he'll be cheap. He's a guy with a, yeah, he's cheap, and he's a guy with a good shot playing with just unbelievable players. So, um, I think another line that I. I guess it kind of would surprise people in a way because when you look at that Segan trade, like even I know there was a lot of chatter about the Segan trade when he torched the Bruins the other night, and it was kind of like, oh, like people, you know, pay money to see Segan, but do they pay money to see Louis Erickson? And I think the answer would be no. But Erickson's off to a nice start, yeah. And it's, it's been Erickson, Krejci, and Pasternak for the first, you know, ten games of the season. Now Pasternak's out, and Koklachev, uh, who was recalled from Providence, is playing with them. Koklachev looked really good the other night. I think. Wins alert. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I was looking today. Like, obviously, it's a one-game uh, sample size, but Koklachev's like course he was like seventy percent that night. So uh, good game. He's a yeah. He's a, was, good a good player. I remember watching him in junior. The guy was the guy had like vision like I'd never seen. Just kind of waiting for a moment, so it could be decent. Yeah, he's good electric, hands. and he's I think when at the time of his call up, he was uh, he was tied for. Um, the AHL lead and assist. So that's one line. So we'll, here's what I'll do. I'll name the, the, I think I got five lines here. I'll name them and I'll have you guys rank them from one to five on who you guys think is the best or second best to sixth best line in the NHL. Right. Okay. It'd help if I so, could count to five, but we'll go. <laughs> so we got Erickson, Krejci, and we'll say Koklachev slash Pasternak for now. Um, then we have Lucic, Carter, and Toffoli. D, I know you don't really like Lucic, but Toffoli's got nine goals this year. That line is really clicking right now. I think... The Kings have won uh, eight of their last nine teams on fire. Uh, then we have from the best team in the NHL right now, we have Pacioretty, Placanic, and Gallagher. I think they mm-hmm. all have 11 points right now, so they, <laughs> they just keep scooping up assists on each other's goals. Um, they're great, man. That that team is consistent line se- too. Second in the NHL in scoring. Like, it was crazy. Like, it was like every, all the talk was like this team is just all price. It's all price. Like, they don't have any scoring. And then all of a sudden they come to this year second in the NHL in scoring to start the year. It's. A lot to do with that line, and Galchenyuk's obviously off to a nice start as well. Um, from my Stanley Cup pick from the start of the season, there's Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Oshie. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I'm just going to take props for it. I call the huge Kuznetsov season to start the year. So his uh, production's no surprise to me, excuse me. Uh, and then it's nice to see him like continue to play with back or. Ovechkin with Backstrom on the second line. It also yeah. just gives that team a ton of depth. Like that team. Yeah, that was Kus- one of the things when we were talking about Kuznetsov earlier in the year. We weren't sure that would really drive his value either up or down, and obviously it's pretty uh, pretty big for him right now. Yes, absolutely. And the last number five. Um, I know, Beebs, you really like this line. <laughs> we have Lad Little and Wheeler out in Winnipeg. Wheeler, um, somebody I've been a big fan of for years. I, unfortunately, I was unable to scoop him in any of my leagues this year, and he's off to a phenomenal start, 16 points in 13 games. So just to recap, we've got the Boston line, the L.A. line, the Montreal line, um, the Washington line, and the Winnipeg line. And I left off the triplets line because, A, D doesn't know who they are, <laughs> and, B... They're not that good uh, right they're, now. They're not, well, they're even broken up right now, too. Man, 
Tyler Johnson got dropped in one of my leagues the other day. Oh my god, I couldn't Hard believe scoop. it. I Hard tried scoop. to. I was like, I think I had like the eleventh overall waiver. Uh, oh yeah, he's yeah, gone. So, so ten people I, before I, I didn't you get all there. Pick in. Yeah, but uh, okay. So let's go. Um, D, we'll start with you. How would you rank those lines? Who would be your number one spot behind? Okay, well, I'm going Seagan Kings five. I'll work from the bottom. <laughs> Kings at five. Because, because a third of that change. line is useless. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go... Uh, um, so we got... Boston. Yeah. Erickson, Krejci, and Pasternak. Yeah, okay, that's my fourth. That might even be my fifth. Like, are we talking moving forward or... So yeah, far? moving forward. Okay, yeah. So... I guess that would be my fifth for at least for production wise. I would expect. I mean, both both those are obviously still solid lines, but we're talking with the cream of the crop here. So, um, yeah, I guess I would go Boston five, LA four, and then I got what Montreal, Winnipeg, and what was the last one? Oh, uh, Washington. Washington. Okay. So I'm pro. I think I'll go. I think I would go Montreal three because I love the consistency in that line, but I just don't know if the ceiling's there for Placanic and Gallagher. Mm-hmm. and uh jets too because again that like that's probably been the most consistent line if you want to date it back a couple seasons right like those guys have been playing together for a few years now and they've all been consistently around that 60 65 point pace so i really like that line in winnipeg and i think like more than most of these more than the rest of these teams uh they generate more of their team's offense uh and then i would go definitely Washington number one because Ovechkin and there's just too much skill on that top line. I really like Kuznetsov. And, oh, she's uh, great too. Yeah, oh, she seems to be fitting just in, which I think a lot of people probably saw coming. Yeah, it was like that was a big question mark. I guess the same as with Kuznetsov was like, will Oshie play with Ovechkin? And the answer is um, obviously yes yep. now, and it's working out really well. So I much think, skill, like yeah. it's crazy. And like, and then the same thing goes like Oshie is such a good guy to target right now because he's like I've watched that team play quite a bit, and he's playing well. But his points still aren't like there. Like he's only got eight, like he's eight points in eleven games. I guess is pretty good. But I would still be ca- trying to target that guy right yeah, now. Yeah, he's still someone yeah. who's kind of like he's not. He's obviously not at a hundred percent with them yet. So when he is, it's gonna be scary. How awesome! Like when they do start clicking. I mean, they've only had what a couple like thirteen games played together, or twelve games yeah. I think, and yeah, Obi didn't 11. even play in one of them. So um, yeah, I don't know. Once they get going, it's gonna be pretty terrifying. I think across the board yeah. stats too. And like even if even if Kuznetsov starts struggling, then just boom, they bump Backstrom up to that top yeah. line, and then oh. they just take off. Oh damn! But Beebs, we'll we'll jump to you real quick. Give me your uh, top five. You can start from the bottom as well. Um, I'm a little upset. It seems like D literally read my like notes point for point there. But um, <laughs> besides my top numbers, um, I have LA at five. Um, just I, I don't know. I, I I like to fully. I think he's a natural scorer, but I just don't think like they're up there with the elite guys that we're talking about here or the elite line sorry um i got boston at four um again same kind of reasons that d kind of mentioned there i got montreal at three this is where i kind of switched it up um or sorry I think you hit, no, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah you it. did have them there yeah um sorry yeah. <laughs> i meant to switch it up to kind of throw it off but i just couldn't do no, it my, my deep down because three. um because honestly three same idea i don't think gallagher is that natural scorer i think he's a great player great great energy guy i think his ceiling kind of caps out at about 55 60 on like his best like elite year ever so yeah i don't really yeah. see that happening um or i could see best it happening elite year ever <laughs> you know just like prime gallagher but um like quote yeah you can stick that one and i mean if if down the line he scores 90 points i hope he 
somehow gets back to me on that. But um, it'll be like that one commercial. It'll just be him walking in that room, and it'll be like, "Hey, Beebs, <laughs> stick it, stick it." Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm gonna show a ton of love just because you showed a ton of love to my Winnipeg line here. I'm um, gonna go two with Winnipeg. Like you said, this line's kind of been awesome for a couple years. Um, they've been kind of quiet one that people haven't really st- gone after too hard, and it's a line that does everything. They hit hard. They score. Uh, they play the power play extremely well. They, uh, they're great. Um, across the board, they all have about 30 shots evenly, 30-plus, just around that area. So they're getting That's crazy. They're getting a good amount of shots. So um, it's just a matter of time before uh, – well, not a matter of time. It's just going to continue, I believe, what they're doing. And then finally, Washington. I don't even need to point out any reasons – you get, if, you're, if you have, if you play fantasy hockey, you understand. Ovi's an absolute monster. Doesn't matter if your league doesn't count hits or penalties or anything. Ovi's a monster. Um, Oshie's a monster. Kuznetsov, Brock, props to you. Boy. He looks great. Um, and I, I just see it, just see it continuing. Okay. And before we fire it off to the Blue Stones, I'll name mine really, really quickly. We're running out of time here. I will go. Obviously, one is Washington for sure. Two. I agree with you guys both. Uh, Winnipeg's clearly number two. Uh, number three is a weird one yeah, for me. It's a I think awkward. that I think I would probably um, go Boston if they had a more sure thing on the one wing. Uh, yeah, but I really love Krejci, and I think Erickson was always one of my favorite players when he was in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, he put up thirty six there, which is it's a good amount. Yeah, he he gets dumped on too for the Segan trade. So I'm gonna go Boston three. I'm gonna give him some love. I'll go. Um, Montreal for Pacioretty is probably besides Ovechkin the best scorer yeah. on this list. So that, that's that what guy. really had me uh, for me had them above the uh, Boston and LA because I think he was clearly like the best player available at that point. Yeah, I just like uh, I just like Pashnak or Kuklachev's ceiling more than Gallagher, and I think uh, like I think like Krejci Erickson is very compares comparable to like Placanic. Patch ready for me yeah. in a way. Yeah, I I, it's, it's, they're different, but it's just I don't know. I like I'm, I've never it's been there. a big I've never been a big fan of Placanic and his turtleneck. So I'll go <laughs> I'll, I'll go uh, Boston three, Montreal four, and Lucic five. But anyways, we took way too Lucic long on this. Five. We took way too long on this first segment. So yeah, Lucic's we'll, definitely five. We'll let uh, we'll let the Blue Stones take you guys through this little bit of a break here. We'll get back with an injury report. And then this new segment that we've decided to uh, to unveil called Over Under. And after that, we'll take, obviously, some of your Twitter questions. So, enjoy the Blue Stones, and we'll see you guys in a minute. Yeah, can't wait. Episode 6 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. As always, we hope you enjoyed that sweet, sweet lick by the Blue Stones. 
Now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, me tossing it over to Brock for the injury report. <laughs> Take it away, Brock. Oh, give it to me, Brock. I love how like licks just become a thing. It's phenomenal. And I love right, how I everyone's think. favorite part is detossing it over. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, uh, obviously we've addressed this one already. McDavid's out for months um, after breaking months. his clavicle. He underwent successful surgery. Hopefully two. Yeah, hopefully he's not out too long. Uh, Jordan Eberle, who's missed the start of the season with a shoulder injury, will play tomorrow, uh, which is Friday. He will make his season debut. Get him in on, your lineups. Yep, absolutely. Activate him in all formats. He'll play in the top line, like we said, with R&H and Taylor Hall. Dream situation for him. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, who's missed the last couple games after getting his appendix removed, did practice today. There is a chance that he could play tomorrow. It's not for sure. Uh, they have a back-to-back tomorrow and Saturday, so keep an eye. Or I guess should, I should say today and Saturday. Uh, Columbus tomorrow and in San Jose on Saturday. So keep an eye on him. He should return, if not Friday, definitely Saturday. Uh, after that, Rick Nash tweaked his back in practice uh, this afternoon. He's listed as day-to-day. He's questionable for Friday's game. Um, this is very similar to something that happened to him last year. He did the same thing, and he missed like two or three days. So there's a chance that he will not play um, tomorrow, but they do have a back-to-back. So if he doesn't play tomorrow, look for him to return Saturday, or he could miss both. But definitely somebody to keep an eye on heading in to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Mike Green, uh, obviously he has missed the last couple games with, I think he's missed four games in total with an upper body injury. He is on pace to return uh, to the Red Wings lineup tomorrow versus the Maple Leafs. Um, D, I know that'll be a fun game for us to watch, more so me. Um, Keep an eye on him. He's expected to replace Alex Marchenko in the lineup if he does return. And then, obviously, we'll anchor the second power play unit with Cronwall on the top unit. Um, Also in that game, Jonathan Bernier is not expected. uh, Actually, not. he won't play. He was placed on IR today with a lower body injury. Uh, The Leafs are kind of hush-hush about that right now. Not really sure what's going on with that. Look for James Reimer to start tomorrow. Uh, Bernier's uh, movement to IR was retroactive to last Saturday. So if need be, he will be eligible to play on Saturday if he's good to go. Uh, But I would look for Reimer to either start both games or for Antoine Bebo to uh, start on Saturday. Finally get one. I, I think they're hoping Bernier is back for one of those games for the whole back-to-back sake, but I, at this point, Reimer's the better goalie right now. So Yeah. Uh, two more injuries to talk about quickly. Marion Hossa is out with a lower body injury. Called it. He is questionable to travel with the team. Like That's what they said. He was questionable to travel today. Uh, I don't know for sure if he did end up traveling or not, but they sent down Ryan Hartman this afternoon, which suggests that Hossa could play tomorrow or they're just getting Victor Tikhanov back in the lineup. But uh, Is it only a one-game swing? Yeah, so they, they're just going to New Jersey, and then they're back, I think, in Chicago for Sunday. Let me double-check okay. that. Uh, yep, back in Chicago for Sunday versus the Oilers. So uh, I doubt he'll play. They said he was questionable to travel. I doubt he'll play tomorrow versus New Jersey. Look for him to play Sunday, though, um, versus the Oilers. And last injury is Kevin Shattenkirk. He's now missed 10 games. Oh, yeah, and it's so annoying because he's just been day-to-day in every league, and you can't put him on the IR. Yeah, he just it just like keeps <laughs> lingering or something. I'm not even sure. Like He keeps practicing, Linger. it, and they're just like, oh, yeah, he could play today. And then he just, they're like, nope. He's not playing. So he's got to be back soon. Keep an eye on him heading into the weekend. Yeah, that'd be um, great. I know that the the Blues only have one game. I believe it's Saturday. So look for him to return Saturday uh, versus the Predators. If he doesn't return Saturday, then obviously uh, keep an eye on him heading into next week. The one thing that really matters is while uh, while Shankirk's out, Colton Pareko continues to be a, a hot pick, especially in one-day leagues. 
But when Shad Kirk gets back, Prairie value uh, will be slightly diminished, but still worth sure, uh, yeah. worth owning. So there you go. Boom. Injury report done. Let's jump into nice. our newest segment, over under. Very uh, very similar to how you would gamble over under. I'll give you guys a player, um, and then you know, will this guy score more than thirty goals over under? Give me a quick uh, over or under, and we'll head on to the next question. Love All right, it. love it. Cool. You guys good? Great at gambling. Yep, yep love it. <laughs> so, Evgeny Kuznetsov, we've obviously talked about him a couple times already throughout the show. I'm going to say over under 29 goals for Kuznetsov this season. Under, but a ton of assists. Yeah, I think under. I think he's more of a playmaker this year. Yep, I agree with under there. He does have five goals, but uh, three of those came in one game. So, I think that's, uh, that's pretty obvious under, even though... Uh, I think he's just going to defer to Ovechkin more than he will actually find the back of yeah, the net. Yeah. Absolutely. Jamie Benn will put up 99 points this season over under. Um, Got to go under, just league averages. I mean, let's be honest. He, uh, he's going great, but I, I, could, I, I could see 98. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see him. I, I, I'm going to say under, just the unlikelihood of someone hitting 100 points in today's league. But like he could still, as we saw last year, obviously still lead the league with less than ninety nine. If there is someone though who's going to do it for me right now, that's the guy. Yeah, more Sagan. I mean, it's pretty much whoever Toss scored up. last right yeah, now. or gets injured less. They're both on pace for like hundred and twenty six points. So yeah, I'm going to go over. Nice. I think uh, he had eighty seven points Someone's last. Gotta. He had eighty seven points last year, and he really like he was kind of streaky last year. This is more of like a I'm just going to dominate every night type of deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. I, like I think it. that. Uh, I think they both might go over. Like, if one goes over, they're probably both. Going yeah, they're. Over. they're I, dude, I don't together. see them being more than like five points apart no. by year end. They're unreal. I'm. Go- I think that they're both going to break 100. I wish I would have taken them first overall. I have Segan in one league, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's a beauty. I have neither, and it's the worst. <laughs> All right, <laughs> staying with uh, staying with that line, Tyler Siegel. Ooh, Siegel. I can't even pronounce my own last name. <laughs> Tyler Segan will it's score. Segan, but no, it's not. So I my, mean, you say Segan, but... Yeah, but he says how, Sagan. That's how it works, then. It's, it's <laughs> Everyone Segan. says Sagan. It's Segan. They it should know, be Segan. They don't know how to say it. Dude, some guy set, uh, tweeted at me the other day and used uh, Segan with a Q. And I'm like, dude, I've been getting that all my life. Like Saquon? <laughs> yeah, everybody's Saquon. It's like, no, it's a G. Come on. But Tyler Segan will score 49 <laughs> goals this year, over under. Uh, how much? 49. Man, you hit me with all these tough numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, will he be a 50-goal scorer under. or will he not? No, under. I don't think so. I think 45, 40. 50 so much, dude. I was going to say, going by our last, like if we don't think Ben's getting 100, I, I can't agree to that either, so i got to go under. I think you I'm, have to go over, though, because you I said... I am, oh, 100%. Yeah. Over. Okay. The guy's, got, the guy's leading the league in shots, 60 shots. I think and, Ben's going to have more goals than Sagan at the end of the year. I disagree. I don't think so. But, I mean, I he can go either way. But, I yeah, think he'll exactly. score more, but Ben will have more points. I think Segan wins. Segan wins the rocket. Segan <laughs> wins the rocket. Ben wins the Iros. This is the line, man. This is like yeah, it's kind the of most scary. dynamic duo ever. Gonna ever. I think Ben's going to pop more. Ever is an extremely bold statement. Yeah, ever. It's definitely not ever. <laughs> De- definitely not ever. So okay, you think that that Ben will score more than Segan this year? Uh, yeah, sure. Twenty-four pack or case, I guess. Yeah, I, but I'm on the what I like, not what you. I'm like. on the Sega side. But Bud Light, <laughs> Keith, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll buy you Keith's if you buy me yeah, Bud Light. That's deal. But Keith's is so much more expensive. That's all right. Sure. I'm that confident. 
Yeah, all right, let's go. I'll take Budweiser, actually, but it's not really any different. But I'll, I'll take, be the uh, punishing crew if nobody goes through with this. I'll yeah, so Segan, more goals than Ben. Done. Yeah, I'll take Ben, yeah. Okay, sure. to Foley, 29 goals over under. Yes, I think he will. I think uh, Toffoli's like always been just a great natural scorer, and he's already on his way there. He, I I think he's kind of the opposite of Kuznetsov. He's gonna Gino a whole bunch, but the assists just like are not gonna be there. Okay, this is like the first good line you've had. This is like the first solid number. How how much is he at right now? This is at seven. Nine. No nine. Yeah, nine and two. That's, That's his such number. a good start. Games. That's such a good start. The guy could coast the rest of the way and hit thirty. Uh Okay, I'll go over. Yeah. Even though I think it's going to be more of a push. I can see him get 29 right on. I want to say push. Okay, I'll say push. Push. <laughs> push. That's a... I think that's a good number for him, though, to hit yeah, this year. Yeah, he had 23 he last year. Like I said, the, the start just puts him ahead of the game. Oh, yeah. Time. Dude, in his like final two years in junior, he had 57 and 52. Like, guy's just a goal scorer. Yeah, goal he knows player. how to find the back of the net, really. I'm going over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's a, I think this is another good line as well. Blake Wheeler, over under 29 goals. Over... over. Over. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Both over. said over in the exact same tone, at the exact same length, the exact same time. Friends we're literally like robots of each other. Like we've given the same answers for oh, each, dude. and we're not even. We haven't even talked about this before. Maybe that means yeah, we, gotta that argue, we gotta. We gotta. No, I think it's over though. I think I like Blake this year. I think Blake's hitting thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. I love I'm Blake going... too. Like I said, I have him in two leagues. So at this point, I'm just sitting here like, please go over 29. Okay, okay. Awesome. How about this? So and it's... as we already clarified, he's on a better line than Toffoli. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Clearly. Okay, so since that's a, an overwhelming yes on the over, over under 35. If. Under. Yeah, that's a tough one. Ah, uh, push. Under. <laughs> under. <laughs> Come on. Okay. He had tw- 28 We'll give you like over to... under 33, and I'll take the over. Um. No. 35 is my, my final offer. It's way too close. Right. But, um, uh, no, under. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly, over under 80 points. Under. Under. He looks amazing right now. And they, like, love him in Buffalo. But, you know what oh, the man, hugest numbers right now? You're shooting like, for the stars. I just, I got to go back to averages. I just, I think I mean, again, I think 75. 70? 70 is a lot, dude. Okay, let's right. change it then. Over under 70. Okay, I'm still taking the under. I'm taking the over. We're finally going to disagree. There you go. Um, Just going to move the lines a little bit. I think it's about time that Ryan O'Reilly kind of got like the ice time that he deserves. And he's, he's getting an awesome Buffalo, player. and he's, yeah, and he's looking great right now, and they love him. Um, I don't know. He's he's not even playing with Eichel, right? So he's doing well. That, that team is good, actually. Like They're pretty good. Yeah, they they're uh, not, like they made so they, many solid moves during the offseason that kind of like nobody really noticed, but they're just solid, decent moves that are working. I mean, Laner's got to come back, but... It Even though that, like... that, line, that line is all Mark, like, okay, first of all, best mask in the league. Like, he's got <laughs> the, the minions on that thing. That Every night he awesome. starts, I just, I think it just makes the uh, the starting goalies page on Daily Faceoff yeah. just that much better. It's so good, yeah. And, like, every little kid probably looking at that guy, loving it. Like, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go over. I mean, I had the line at 80, so I think I think he, like, point-per-game player right now, I think he could sustain it. Yeah, somebody, someone has like, to out there. Somebody picked Grabner at the start of the year and said somebody has to score in Toronto. I did not pick Grabner. This is I said, I said keep you ruined the integrity of this whole podcast right from the start. Whatever, it was not supposed to be the very first suggestion of the show. All right, you threw me through a loop there. But anyway, we I never said pick mode. up Michael Grabner. I said keep an eye on Michael Grabner if he gets the playing time, which I is close not my eyes immediately. <laughs> close my eyes immediately. Anyway. Okay, so D, you say under on seventy points for O'Reilly. 
I say over. Under, yeah, under. Beep says over. I say over. Klingberg, off to a ridiculous start. They already, you know, they basically were calling him Eric Carlson 2.0 last year. Uh, John Klingberg, over under 60. We'll go 55 points. That's a tougher one. Yeah. Uh, Taking the over. Absolutely. Over? I think he's John Carlson one or sorry, John Klinberg one point I think this guy's gonna like put his name up there and he's gonna be a guy we talk about next to Carlson, not so much like the next Carlson. I think he's awesome. I love watching him. He's so so offensive. It's great. I, I saw him make a pass the other night, like it was like the the nicest like breakout pass I've ever seen. Like it was just like so hard, just tape to tape. I think it was on Segan's stick, and it was just like yeah. To say, and as we've talked about, like there's no one in a better position like with Segan and Ben. He can sit there and just be like, hey, I'm gonna get these secondary assists all night long, and your fantasy team's gonna reap so many benefits from it. So yeah, yeah. Leads all defensemen in points right now. I'm pretty sure he's got 13 points in 13 games. I'm saying over 55. I say I say break 70. Holy that's, no! That's so ridiculous. <laughs> he's 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 the be- he's the next Eric Carlson, but he's better. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not ready to say any of that. <laughs> you don't agree with any of it? Dude, Brock's been like 13 so games this year. He's looked awesome, sure, but like this he is looks still great last year too. And as much as you guys were really convinced to me there, I'm still gonna say under on the 55. Although I think he'll be around 50 points. Probably. I just don't understand like how like he's like that team scores so much. Yeah, like they're just I, gonna. He Maybe I'm get... just playing devil's advocate, but like at the same point of what all you're saying, I can also see this young defenseman seeing some aggression after 13 games of looking awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm still it... gonna go under. I'm still it... gonna go under. Yeah, 70 might have been a little bold, but <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, real bold tonight. You're a bold but... guy. Yeah. I'm feeling it. You know, Kid was just, just slamming like bold Doritos before. There you go. No, I, yeah. okay. Over under 55, I'm going over. Biebs is going over. Dylan is going under. Dylan just doesn't believe in anybody. No, no. I don't. Okay, he's he's <laughs> out right leave. now. He's out right now, obviously. Uh, tough, but he got off to a ridiculously hot start. Carey Price, over under 40 wins. Over. Um, He's not out that long, right? So No, he's going to be, he's expected he's gonna to be, be back, back next, next week. week. Yeah, I think um, over. All he does is win. Um, he defines uh, he defines that song. So, I mean, I you're basically making a bet on how healthy he's going to be at this point because obviously, yeah. if he's healthy, he's going to get yeah. seven out of eight starts or whatever you want to say. So, yeah, Condon's not really pushing. How bad is it though? Like that one guy wanted to pick up Condon so bad, and we're like, no, don't pick up Condon. Yeah. And then Carey Price gets injured right away. It's and like, Condon's oh, just like should have picked just like gold this yeah. week. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I say over as well. Condon's also way too expensive in DraftKings. Let me just state that, but whatever. Yeah, but. And that just happens, like, when they kind of just, like, bust out of the gate like that. Yeah. Um, they kind of just don't really have a choice. Especially when he plays on a team as good as that one. Yeah. Here's a here's an interesting one. He's got one, one win under his belt already. He starts again tonight in Buffalo. Andre Vasilevsky over under. We'll go 13 and a half wins. Hmm. I go over um, just because I don't see him losing a whole bunch when he does play, but I can honestly only see him getting like 13, 14 wins. So I, I kind of want to just like like take it, take the even on that one. Is that cool? Yeah, you can. You, D's yeah, already pushed. I was going to say, I'll, yeah, I'm going to push right. Yeah, I'll, I'll push for this one. Um, See, this is a tough one. I'm trying to do the math in my head right now. So we're about 13. They're, they're like, to yeah. help you guys out, they're saying like this is going to be a fluid 1A, 1B situation. But it looks like. It looks like they're just going to alternate starts. So, oh, well, then my so response changes probably a lot. for Vasilevsky, 35 starts the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, I think so. 
So yeah, I'll take the over on that. Like they're not best case, but that's just like a reason. Like I think that that would be one a one b. So yeah, I, that's what I, I mean. don't know. Yeah, over. So I'll, I'll take over. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna lose too much. Man, I get, there's a good good thing I don't like work in Las Vegas because apparently I'm not very good at making over under odds. No, these lines are bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that one, hey, you, you no, that one was good. That one no, was good. We, we fixed them well. I just wanted to know, like, do you guys think? Basically, I was asking for just bold-ass predictions, but I was the only one bold enough to make them. <laughs> okay, here's another crazy one because of how bad they've been. Um, Freddie Anderson's been playing unreal, but just can't seem to pick up any Ws. Uh, over and under 25 wins for Anderson. Uh, I got to go over. Like, Kadobin's not going to take that spot. They already said that Gibson's playing in the minors or that they want him to play in the minors this year. Um, so he's obviously probably going to stay down there. So I'm going to go over. Freddie's looked great. Um, I have him in a couple leagues too, so he's a he's a favorable guy. But um, even last year, like he wasn't playing well and he was winning. So now that he is playing well, I think he could kind of take it and just uh, once they start winning, which any day now, Anaheim. I guess that's the question, right? Is Anaheim yeah. going to start? winning? Well, they won last night, so I mean, what's stopping him from winning ten in a row? Right? <laughs> no, but not actually. But <laughs> not um, scoring. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Ryan Getzlaff not playing, but still. Um, yeah, I think uh, I do think he will get the twenty-five wins. I don't think it's really that. Uh, I think they're too good of a squad mark. to not turn it around at some point. Yeah. I mean, we like we were talking about it earlier. We all chose them pretty much mm-hmm. like yeah. We all without had question points. to win it. So it's how much we know. Finals. Well, yeah, dude, so. it was like the safe pick among everyone. Like, that's what it, it seemed like, like right? But this is the. Best returning team, pretty much. Yeah, like, Perry I've gets left. They always do over, it. I've seen it all over Twitter too. It's like, yeah, they were my pick, and we, so we were not alone. But over under, Beep says over. D, you say? Uh, I'm gonna say under though, even at the same time, because yeah, I'm gonna say huh? under. I just think it's kind of been too much of a rough start, and goalie wins is a flawed stat. So I think he's kind of playing from behind there. So we're saying. Even though I do expect Anaheim to turn around. What do they have? They have 70, 70 games left in the season. Yeah. So he'll start 55. 50-55, yeah. He's probably going to get it. I think he can uh, win 25. Yeah, I think he's going to get Easy. it. Easy. Now, now that we do the math, I want, it, I want to take the over. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think it thoroughly, eh? Okay, and one last one. I've got I This was brought to my attention yesterday, and it's pretty incredible. I knew he was like firing the puck a ton <laughs> but brent burns is like second in the league in shots okay? behind segway segan yeah yeah come on so he's got 53 shots in 12 games right now he's firing at 5.7 percent which is three goals on 53 shots he has a career seven percent shooting percentage um so he's on pace for 26 goals i say over under 19 goals for brent burns and at the same time, over under 300 shots. Because he's on pace for like 350. Yeah, but it, like, have you have you been watching these these games? Like, his shots are just like kind of what you'd expect from him. Like, he shoots a lot. He just kind of like whenever he gets a chance. Which I, I He's probably being told to do that, but... Dude, his usage is insane. Too. Yeah. He's playing like 20, almost 26 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, but over under 19 goals. 17 last year. Yeah. Um... I don't know. He's kind of off to a slow start. 22 the year before that. I'll say uh, just because of how much usage he's getting, just with shots like that, like you're going to eventually score. I'd say over. 19 isn't really that much for a guy who's playing in that position, so I'll say over. Yeah, I'll take over on the goals, under on the shots. Yeah, I think they're going to tell him. Yeah, the the shots is pretty – but, dude, he – I don't think they're mad that he's taking shots. No, definitely not. But I I just don't – 
I think he's producing shots at a rate above his normal click right now. Click, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I think that's probably due to come down. Oh, a yeah, it's obviously a little high. Is he's it, like he, on pace for like just like a one of the more unluckiest starts this season for sure. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like his, his last his, two years on Ford, he's had the exact same amount of shots. Two two hundred forty five. One he was playing a little bit less games, but like. He's around the 250. Well, the one so year he's played like, forward, though, the one year he's yeah. playing D. I could see him but regressing, like, but uh, I don't know. Um, he's on pace for like like an almost like record breaking type of year, like for like for like right now. Like yeah, this like he's like on pace to be like with like among Bobby Orr and stuff. We're talking about for the amount of shots he's taken as a defenseman. So I'm going, I'm going over with. Uh, with the goals and under uh, on the shots as well. I don't think he'll get to, th- like, he might be right around 300, but. Yeah. And I even, think... oh, one thing about Brent Burns is, like, he, he looks great penalties too, eh? Like, he, he kind of, like, Burns is know, awesome. he does it all, right? Yeah, he's yeah. just good. But, yeah, but, so uh, that's, the, yeah. that's the end of the over-under segment. Um, I'm going to just throw it to Biebs now for uh, some Twitter questions. Yeah. and Because at this very moment in time, I have to confirm to Karask. So, Biebs, you <laughs> take it away with some Twitter questions, and I will, uh, I'll get back to you guys. So, wait, let's just figure this out. So, Tukarask is good to go uh, Yeah, Tukarask, I mean, uh, It doesn't really matter that Tukarask you guys are going to get this to tomorrow, go 12 but hours when you, ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tukarask did lead them onto the ice for warm-ups, and he will face... Braden Holpe. And I, I mean, I guess we're going to have to play this tomorrow. So Opinions to formulate on his start. Yeah. Who knows? Um, go go Cavs. More than we do at this but, given point. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's time for um, my favorite segment. Um, so, uh, Twitter, Twitter questions. Um, thank you guys so much. You guys are even sending more and more as we go. Sorry we can't get to them all. Um, as you guys know, it's only about an hour podcast, give or take. So, uh, sorry about that. But we did pick a couple that uh, kind of sparked our interest. Made uh made us go ooh. So uh, here are our Twitter questions. Um, this one, uh, our first one, we chose from at Gavin C one thirty seven. What's up, Gavin? Hey, Gavin. Um, your question. You had a great question, but we do have to address it in parts. Uh, the first part is at Daily Faceoff Podcast. Sorry, DFO Podcast is our tag. So follow us. What uh what is up with the Lightning offense? Have Callahan, or sorry, what is up with the Lightning offense? He has Callahan and have been pondering swapping him. So first off, me and D both, we both looked at this one, even Brock, and we said... Why do you have Callahan? <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. You got to let Callahan go. Um, he are almost much, unrelated. Yeah. Well, like, like in a way, like I think Callahan was definitely like a fairly reasonable yeah. draft pick. He could have filled in, but yeah. Playing with Stamkos. Uh, Callahan's a great hockey player. Well, he's not a guy. It depends what kind of league you're in. Uh, I mean, if there's like hits and stuff involved, he's a little bit more serviceable. But this is a guy who doesn't really score a whole heck of a lot. I mean, he had 24 goals and 30 assists last year, so he's obviously somebody worth drafting when he plays with Stamkos. Um, but right now, it's, obviously, it's weird to answer these kind of questions because we don't really know for sure who's on the waiver wire. But I'm assuming that um, it's probably a reasonable time to cut ties with uh, with Tampa, or it's not with Tampa Bay, but with <laughs> Callahan. Uh, he was moved off of Stamkos' line today. He's now playing on the third line with Cedric Paquette and Vladislav Nemestikov. Well, I killed that name. Yeah, uh, and, right on. Uh, I think I would cut ties with him as long as there's obviously somebody else that's you know kind of got a background of scoring goals. Uh, so yeah, if you're in anything like it's just a disappointing start. Plus, like, I would imagine there's on. better players available in any 12 yeah. team standard league than Ryan Callahan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I would cut ties with him. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and then what's up with the Lightning offense? Um, I think it's Nothing. kind of the same They'll as the no. Fine. I yeah. think it's be yeah. all right. I think it's been 13 games and people. It's a case of Anaheim. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, gonna it's nothing. It's nothing like 
crazy. Like I, you know, if I'm a Lightning fan, I'm not jumping off the ship. Two of those games were against the Red Wings, and uh, the Red Wings <laughs> shut them down. So, but yeah, Whatever. they're 20th in the league in scoring right now. Um, they'll finish in the top 15. Absolutely. Well, top 10, hopefully. Um, so, uh, sorry, I'm going to try not to butcher this next question since the last one I struggled through. This one's from uh, at Wandler Kyle. Um, What's up, Kyle? And uh, he's at uh, sending it to at DFO Podcast. Um, he said, looking for some good depth D. That will help in shots, hits, blocks, categories. Maybe chipping an assist here and there. So uh, what do we got for uh, Wandler Kyle? Um, Francois Boschman. I think we mentioned him in episodes previous but he uh kind of he picks up actually a decent amount of hits i guess he's got 15 on the year right now which is more than the average defenseman i would guess that's probably about on cue but he does block a lot of shots is the point i was getting at he's uh third in the league in blocked shots right now he likes picking up those secondary assists and uh he's on colorado which not a good possession team shout out to beebs Hey. Um, so as we've said before, playing on the wrong side of the puck actually helps you in categories like hits and block shots. So I think Boschman's probably a good guy for him to target right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back to Dallas. I really like Jason Demers. Uh, he's one of my favorite picks on DraftKings just because he's pretty cheap and plays. Uh, he's he's kind of a guy that'll do it all because he he does hit. He's right now he's not like doesn't hit a ton, but he's averaging basically like two hits a game uh, to go along with like yeah, two good. shots a game, uh, which isn't bad. Um, they aren't the greatest defensive team either, so um, he'll pick up the block shots here and there. But I think we've talked about it before that it's not really like uh, kind of like those categories aren't really like worth targeting because you could pick up like one guy that just like does it at an insane rate to kind of help you out there. But Demers will also score. He's on the second power play unit in Dallas. On obviously we talked about how great that team is offensively. I think that Klingberg's going to get seventy points. So Demers will probably fall in somewhere short of that. But right now he's got seven points in eleven games. Um, and when you watch Dallas, he really does a little, does a lot for them. He he possesses the puck a ton in the offensive zone. Likes to distribute to the other guys that are just obviously offensive juggernauts. So I'm going Jason Demers. Yeah, and I think um, we just kind of got to mention it. Brock mentioned him last week. Uh, Ryan Murray, great for this situation. Yeah, um, he's just on him. We just don't want to go back at the same guy. Yeah, great all-around defenseman. Yep. Um, so he also he shot, he's, you know what? He's just he's unreal. Like I, I think that he called he should it be time, on. actually. He's one of like the top pickups on Yahoo right now. Yeah. Yep. Of I know. Even me, I was considering picking him up in one or two of my leagues, but uh, he had a goal and an assist on Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Boom! I'll do it. Towards I love, love it. Oh he's yeah. A, he's got a great shot. That's always been one of his things too. So. um but we'll go on to the next one. Uh, this one's definitely at uh, at the best Twitter handle uh, we got. So this is definitely partially why we chose your question, but it's a great question as well. This is from at Steven Sue's one. Um, Steve. Steven Sue's. Um, and uh, he says, at a DFO podcast, Seabrook is red hot without Keith. That's a fact. Um, is he a trade high candidate? Will this continue when Keith is back? Do let you go? I don't like touching uh, the I think Hawks, he nailed so. it. I think he's definitely a good guy to consider moving right now. Um, Seabrook, I think, has only topped 50 points once in his career, but I'm doing this off the top of my head. So never. Never has. Never? Yeah, no, not good. once yet. Okay. 48 points career. 48, high. so that's what it was. Yeah, okay. Um, so he's obviously not a guy who's used to producing a lot of offense on his own. I think it's probably more of a situation of uh, just an outcome of the guys he's playing around right now on that top power playing unit, and obviously Kane Tays, like those guys. So... Yeah, um, I would imagine his role and everything to take a hit once Keith comes back. So yeah, I think that guy's got a pretty good plan right there. Seabrook's always been one of those guys too that I've kind of noticed where like people love his name. 
Um, yeah. People really love, like, oh, I have a, one of Chicago's top two. His numbers never – they're always decent, but no, they never really reflect, like, what, so, what he's yeah. given. Yeah, yeah so and people always, always like well him. Fantasy, but he's definitely, yeah. like, a top defenseman. Yeah, so if you can catch someone who's like, yeah, Canada, and then throw them Seabrook, <laughs> go for Canada. that. Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, everyone, no one forgets who played on the Canadian team if you're from Canada, same as if you're from America. Everyone, everyone remembers <laughs> who's playing for your team, and you love them more because of that, no matter what they do. So, uh... I, uh, obviously, he's a trade-high guy. Yeah. Um, he's got 11 points in 13 games. Which is, uh, like we said, kind of way above his norm. Um, but, you know, I really, like, Seabrook's a guy that is great to own because he's so consistent. He never misses time. Uh, but he's on a career high, like, on pace for a career high in shots. He's, like, kind of, like, we already talked about Brent Burns is just, like, ridiculous, like, shot output, but then, like, not really resulting in goals. So, like, I would trade somebody, try to trade somebody like Seabrook for, like, a Brent Burns because they... He's got more points than Burns right now, but overall, at the end of the year, I think Burns is definitely, like, from this point forward, I'd rather own Brent Burns. Yeah. So I would definitely trade high on Seabrook. I mean, he's a consistent 30 to 40-point guy, but he's not. he will never, like, blow the top off of, uh, you know, off of the stat chart. But with with Keith Ode, he's obviously doing really well. And But if you can pick up, like, obviously, you know, a guy who was, like, a top 10, top well, yeah, 15 defenseman. I'm sure defenseman, probably a pretty fair target for that right now. Yeah, too. I think, like, that's something I would offer up right now for yeah. sure. For sure. Like, he has a career high. Like, he's never, like, Seabrook's never touched double-digit goals, and he's already got four right now. Yeah. So, like, he's on pace for, like, 25. This is a guy that's never actually topped, uh, you know, top 10 goals. So, yeah. uh, I, would t- I would trade high on him. But uh, that's all the questions, right, peeps? Yeah, uh, we, we're only going to do three weeks. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thank so, you guys so much again. Um, we got a whole bunch this week. That's great. Keep sending them. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, before we fire it off, as usual, to our boys, the Blue Stones, I just want to mention that uh, thank you, everybody. We had 50 people show up last week for the DraftKings contest. Yeah, um, should we up it this week? No, uh, it's going to be <laughs> nope, 50. Nope. It's going to be, sorry, it's not up to me at all, really. It's, oh, okay. it's up to DraftKings. So right. uh, they want to make sure that 50 people will show up again, which obviously they will. It filled up rather quickly. So, um, you know, guys, I know most people will come back every week, especially the guys who win it. So congratulations. Can uh, we mention you all kicked our asses? Oh yeah. We didn't do good at all. No. Um, I did horrible. I had the best one and I got 26th, I believe, which was like, I was still like 12 spots out of there, 14 spots out of anything money related. So, um, yeah, it was ugly, man. Like I picked my team. Like this is such a gaudy team. Like we're gonna, I'm just gonna rip it up. <laughs> and then I think I, I, like, I don't even know if I topped 20 points. I think I finished like 40 second. Yeah, like, you oh, were God, 40 second. Bad, yeah, I could see you when I was looking at the last place person. I could see your name still on. <laughs> oh no, I, re- I remember though when we sent each other the, uh, when we sent each other our teams. You guys were like, oh man, your team's like gross. Money. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, it is gross, dude. It's so bad. Every night that I don't do a cheat sheet on, like on daily face off, I win money. And then every night that I do a cheat sheet on, on daily face off i lose money it's <laughs> it's like brutal like the other night i took home a couple hundred i was like yeah this is awesome and then next like i go and do a cheat sheet and then i lost like just so much i was like this is no luck i can't help the people out so i think i need to contact DraftKings and tell them that i want to start doing cheat sheets on like tuesday and <laughs> thursday because apparently wednesday friday are just not my day at all but <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much again for listening. Uh, if you like it, subscribe and yeah. listen every week. If you really like it, tell your friends. Tell your friends, friends. We're going to be getting some guests on soon, we're hoping. Yeah, absolutely. The guests are on their way. I know you guys are probably getting sick of listening to uh, the Three Stooges here. But 
We'll send it over to our boys at uh, the Blue Stones. Again, D, I'll let you take it away. I know you like to plug them here. Yeah, as always, if you guys are enjoying the music, which we know you are, don't lie to yourselves. Check out the Blue Stones. They're on Spotify. You can find them on YouTube. Check yep. them out. Pray so for this Connor. Is th- this is what our... Uh, <laughs> pray for Connor. <laughs> this is our sixth episode. Um, I just received a bunch of brand new tracks from the Blue Stones. So uh, if... You're getting sick of rolling with the punches? Yeah, let us know. Or if you like the theme song, also let us know. We're looking for feedback on that. No, but next, I, well, what I was going to say is next oh, week, I think. Feedback. Well, we, we, we can get <laughs> feedback really if we feedback. want, but next next week, uh, I Because it's a dilemma. On, it's a dilemma for sure. Like the like the, the, uh, the intro is staying the intro, but maybe our break and our, our, our oh, uh, the ending so tune. The chorus of that song just kills it. Well, we gotta, we'll shake it up next week. I got a couple new tracks. They sent me some new tracks, so I got to you know, right, give right. them they some. Got some you're right, you're right, you're right. Right. You got to give them some love, right? Yeah. Well, dude, that's all we do. I, yeah, we do. We do love. Them we do love the stones. They're on suits, by the way. The blue stones. Yeah, they were on suits. Yeah. Okay, so. boys, we got to wrap this up because the more <laughs> we talk, the more I got to edit. So, good night, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have a wonderful Friday of fantasy hockey. Hopefully, your top picks don't get injured this weekend like Oof. mine did. Good luck. Have a great weekend. Most of all, be safe and subscribe to the podcast. Yep. See you later. Peace Pray for out, our good-looking people. Pray for God. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.